Hi, and welcome to Broken Wheel, a blog and podcast taking an in-depth look at the Bible. I'm your author and host, Hunter Carl. Today, we're looking at Ecclesiastes 1.18. For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. This verse may strike many of us as odd. Why? Because it does not sit comfortably with our priors. Proverbs 4.7 sounds much nicer. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. That sounds more sage-like. I know what you're thinking. Didn't Solomon write both of these books? How does he give such conflicting sentiments on a key, integral piece of our soul, such as wisdom? You guys ask hard questions, you know that. Okay, let's start with the verse in Proverbs. Wisdom is one of the main things you should be striving for as a Christian. To know and understand the will of God and to apply it to your life is a critical piece to being and making disciples. Although, it's not a guarantee. It also allows you to make decisions that lead to fruitfulness, manage your resources well, and lead a long life. All that seems great to me. So how does something so wonderful lead to vexation and sorrow? Let's start with the knowledge piece first, which, yes, is different than wisdom. Knowledge is a collection of facts. We know stoves are hot, that procrastination is dangerous, and that math is a thing. All of these inform decisions made by wisdom. Now, knowledge leads to sorrow. How do we know? Which tree did Adam and Eve eat in the garden? That's right, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What happens when you eat it? You die. Listen, I just kicked the doors open to a massive topic. If I ever talk about Genesis, I'll chat more on it. For today, I want you to understand these two concepts. Knowing good lets you know how the world should be. Knowing evil lets you know all the suffering in the world. A portion of knowledge is the ability to calculate your pain. Now, why does wisdom cause vexation? Now that you know the world and you know the heart of God, you must act in a way that brings him honor and glory. Has that ever been too much for you? Has it ever felt unfair? Have you ever felt that moment where you'd rather just crawl into a hole and live there rather than do what you know is good? Have you ever looked at others and been exasperated by their shortcomings? Have you ever felt desperation at our inability to ever get it right? You can blame wisdom for all that. Solomon's argument is simple. The more you know and the more you understand how the world ought to be, you'll see the suffering disparities clearly. Imagine wisdom is that black felt board they use at jewelry stores. Really makes the diamond pop. Now what's the takeaway? Come on, Hunter, tell us the uplifting part. Listen, guys, Solomon's going to make this explicit later, but here's the answer. Wisdom is essential because it teaches you happiness is not your purpose, your end, your teleology. Now, the truly uplifting part, Jesus is coming, and he's going to put everything right. But we're not there yet, and frankly, you've got a job to do right now. Part of that is knowing the immense suffering in the world around you. Part of that is understanding how to fight against that suffering. Just like Jesus, you can't set it right without it hurting you. If you liked what you heard today, visit brokenwheel.substack.com and sign up to get this podcast and blog post sent to your email. The podcast is also available on iTunes and Spotify. Please rate and review us there. If you want more of my writing, visit the About page on my website to read short stories I've recently published in journals such as the Blue Mountain Review. Thanks, and have a great rest of your day. Hey everyone, just some quick housekeeping here. This has already been established in the written blog post, but I wanted to speak about it here. This Thursday is going to be the very first subscriber-only podcast. I wanted to take a few minutes to explain why I'm putting something behind a paywall. I'm sure some of you are wondering, why is this guy making me pay for a Bible study? I know, because I've wanted the same thing. In short, this takes time. I know it's two posts a week, but I think it's safe to assume each post takes around two hours of my time not including the year-and-a-half study I did. 
Where do I find the time? Well, I wake up at 4 a.m. every morning. I only get about eight hours a week to write, so that's about half of that time a week. In short, it's a sacrifice of critical, limited time. My subscribers agree, and I want to reward them for their generosity. So what's coming in this post? As noted in the About section, it's going to be a summary of what we've learned in the first chapter. I'm going to show the threads, tie the knots, and give a complete picture of what I think we learned from chapter one. My goal is not to hide knowledge in these posts. No FOMO, all right? I think this meets two important goals. Providing something to those who support this project, and two, make sure we're not leaving anyone behind. Look, I also know budgets are a real thing. If you can't afford a subscription and find the blog meaningful, reach out to me directly. I know a guy. I've also locked comments to subscribers only. This is done primarily so I don't get drive-by commenters. This is my full-time job, and I don't have time to police offensive language and the like. If you for any reason disagree with the above or just want to chat, you can reach out to me on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks, everyone.